0: Hi everyone, this is a special presentation on behalf of Eclipse, a Heroes podcast. Welcome to Painting, Painting the, the Future, Future, Future. future. <laughs> Too much?
1: <laughs> Just perfect.
0: This is a sister podcast of sorts to our regularly scheduled programming in which myself, Keisha, hi, and Rachel are going to take a bit of a deeper dive into events in character arcs in certain episodes, relating them to the entire context of the show when necessary. Because there's just too many damn times when we're doing our regular recap that I just want to bounce around all the different volumes and relate actions to consequences throughout the run of the show. But that's not fair and it's not focused. So this is a fun little playground for us to just go absolutely spoiler crazy, this is your warning. We're going to be talking about everything that has happened in the show from this moment on. It's all fair game. From toe to tip, this is a hero's podcast. I'm probably not going to talk about Reborn, though. <laughs>
1: hey, Alright, we're going to fucking have a fight right now. Right at the beginning of this fucking podcast. We have to. As much as we want to fucking not to. We have to, bro.
0: I know. I just wanted to get you mad. <laughs> Bits? and, it, and uh, it worked all
1: right um oh oh i'm sorry okay my peaks are louder than they ever have
0: <laughs> i'm in the red all right so uh full disclosure rachel had absolutely no idea i wanted to do this until we started breaking down our notes for the regular episode so she doesn't even know what the hell i'm gonna bring up and nope. i think that's exciting So this is our our, our raw reaction to whatever the hell we start talking about. And the first thing that I want to talk about is actually little Micah Sanders, believe it or not. Despite the fact that I tend to despise talking about the Nikki and DL stuff. I do have a little something something to say about Micah's actions in episode 113, The Fix, in relation to his future character arc. Shocking, isn't it? yeah um, so, uh well, if you will recall the big thing that Micah did in the fix was he went to an a t m and he used his power to ostensibly assist d l who was really going through it, trying to be a single father, but also it gives us a fun little glimpse into how quickly things have changed for Micah in terms of his morality, because he just was sitting there talking about how bad guys do this and good guys do that. And he's straight up stealing from an ATM because he knows that it's something that will help his family. But morally speaking is a bad thing to do. It's a, it's against the law. Micah as the show goes on becomes a really important figure in what will later become a rebellion of sorts against the government who is going to hunt down our favorite heroes and villains. So this is like a fun little hint that he's willing to do what's necessary, even if it's not legally or morally right.
1: He has a quicker of a moral slide than Hiro
0: does. (laughs) God, right? I was just like, damn, I didn't take you long at all, did it? But yeah, it's just interesting to know where he starts off and where he ends up. Because he is a really important figure in the resistance. Mm -hmm. Imagine what he can do with that power once he gets more comfortable with it. He is a real thorn in the side of the government later on. And, believe it or not, even has a sort of understanding that he comes to with none other than Siler. Yes. And Mm -hmm. he might even inspire Siler. Which is fascinating. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When you look at where these two characters are now and where they'll end up, of all the people to help inspire. I think he's inspired by several characters, but definitely help inspire him to think of others more with what he can do it's interesting that Micah Sanders plays a role in that and I just thought that was kind of cool to see where he started off in reference to where he ends up
1: now see you say this and now I'm like sitting here thinking like all right what do I remember about Micah's story and all that mm-hmm. in the later seasons that I can comment on and I don't remember very much right now
0: yeah, like, I fully admit it's tricky because we haven't obviously gotten there in our own rewatch, so we're just using what memories we have of it. But he, I can only think of the scenes that he shares with Siler later on in Volume 4.
1: He is a character, Micah is one of the ones that gets sent to comic land, to ARG land, quite often. hmm So there's long periods of time where he is not on the main show. And in order to see him or get connections with him, he is purely in the online world.
0: Well, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it a thing where the hacker was secret? The person who was helping them, they didn't know who it was?
1: Yeah, I think it was a mystery for a little while. And, and it was then it like was a, a thing review.
0: like in the comics and or the ARG. And then it was like, oh, it's it's been like a...
1: So. Yes, I believe so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just a, a fun little thing to start off with. But let's get into the real meat of why I felt this was a necessary thing to do. And if you can tell by the tone of my voice, I'm about to start some shit. Then I think you've listened to enough of this podcast to recognize what that sounds like. Let's talk. And again, this is going to be in reference to now versus volume four, because you know, full disclosure, it's my favorite volume, but it's so goddamn important to note what Nathan Petrelli shows of himself in this episode in particular. Mm -hmm. Would you like to speak at all on his actions, his words, in reference to perhaps certain words and actions that people allege are out of character, later on, Rachel.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So in this episode, um, Peter, not whoa, wrong brother. <laughs> in this episode, Nathan is very interested when speaking to Mohinder mm-hmm. if there is a, a way to cure what they have, specifically Peter and then Mohinder dangles the nugget that Peter is the most important of any of them on the list, because if they can crack Peter's puzzle, he can fix any of them.
0: I mean, okay. So, in Volume 4, the person who is spearheading the hunt, who is the number one person giving out names and locations and helping to get this task force off the ground... It's Nathan Petrelli. And so many people would allege that this is out of character behavior for him, a symptom of the show's bad post-season one writing, blah, blah, blah. I'm not here for it, and I'm going to show you simply why in this episode alone. He's proven that that is the exact correct path for that character to end up on. Everything about his actions in Volume 4 make perfect sense if you just look at little moments like what we have presented in this episode. He is so goddamn self-hating, self-loathing, as for what he can do and how different it makes him and how much it makes him stand out in a way that he doesn't want and all the trouble it brings his way and his family's way that he's going to be willing to do everything and anything to make this problem go away. It's just a problem to him. Nathan never, not really ever fully comes to embrace everything about what he can do and who he could be. He has moments of heroism. I think that's where people are getting hung up on the OOC allegation. Mm. is they think that just because he does things like save Peter and ostensibly New York in the season one finale, or his actions later on in season two, where he was going to pull an Iron Man and say he had an ability before he got shot. But that's not the path that he ends up on, you know? Yes. He All he can ever see, especially when he sees the hell that it puts his family through, Everyone in it, Peter, Angela, his dad, they're nothing but trouble, these abilities. And not only are they nothing but trouble, but they do nothing but create troublesome people. And it's funny because you know that a task force like this in Volume 4 is going after the people like, you know, level 5 villains and Siler and all that. But those aren't the people who get loaded onto the plane. Mm -mm. And I think it's really important to note that. It's like he's just willing to do whatever is necessary to, I don't know, like be a good team player in the the scheme of his political ambitions and what society expects of him. And if that means handing over people who he once worked alongside, then that's how it has to be. Because any of these people, even if they start off with good intentions or powers that seem harmless, that can turn very, very easily. We, we see, I mean, shit, we see Mohinder goes through an absolutely insane arc before that moment where he's loaded onto that airplane. <laughs> I mean, even the so-called best of us can, can turn with a little power corrupting them. And then, you know, he even, he says what he would do if he had his druthers just right in the start of the season where he says he'd lock them all up and throw away the key. And when he gets the chance to do it, that's exactly what he does. And so I'm always really astounded when people are like, oh, Nathan would never. Yes, he would. He's always very upfront that he would. And he has been since the start. And he has ups and downs with it. But any progress he makes toward seeing this as a good thing is immediately shot back down by how it can be an absolute negative. 100%. But, yeah. I don't know, did you have any uh, other things to add to Oh, I do. Nathan's I journey. Do. Yeah. Okay.
1: So as you were saying, every time he has an up, he has a down, right? His big heroic moment in season one is he saves New York. He flies Peter up explosion in the sky and New York is saved. And what does he get for his troubles? He gets to live, but he is horribly disfigured, mm-hmm. horribly disfigured. That ruins his marriage. Um, the only reason that he even wakes up and is back to normal with, by some miracle is because of Peter's intervention with Adam Monroe. And he comes back a bitter fucking Bessie after that. <laughs> and you know, that's strike one. Strike two. He tracks down Peter in season two and they again save the world. What does he get for it? He gets shot.
0: And who does he get shot by? <laughs> his own
1: brother. From the future. Who shot Nathan Petrelli? Which, <laughs> I mean, you know, even if we went into, like, AU land, where if it was the original ending, he would have gotten sick from the, the Shanti virus that they dropped.
0: Yeah, there, there was never a good outcome for Nathan, no matter what ending they went with.
1: No, every time he seems to take a step progress forward and, yep. like, embrace his power, he gets slapped on the wrist for doing so. Uh, his first time flying in season one, or I guess what we assume is his first time flying, was uh, the panic moment in the car where Heidi ends up getting crippled. Yeah. So again, this power is nothing but trouble for him. And if it's nothing but trouble for him, it's nothing but trouble for his brother, which we've seen time and time again. We've seen not just in this episode, but the one prior where he's like looking at these paintings and talking to Hero about it. And he's just like having a meltdown <laughs> <laughs> after sitting at his brother's bedside for two weeks. And then his brother fucking bounces on them as soon as he wakes up. Nathan inherently is someone that wants to do what is right for the good of the most people. And if that means locking away these people with powers, then that's it. And again, you said, look who's locked up, but I'm going to point to a big example of someone who has a power that you're like, oh, that's certainly, you know, not something that (laughs) could cause any trouble at all, which is regeneration. And no, I'm not talking about Claire. I'm talking about Adam Monroe. And he freaking loses his mind, and he wants to kill people. Yeah. He's down in level... I don't think he's in level 5. He's in whatever level Peter is in season 2. Because that's not level 5.
0: No, it's gotta be like a level 3 or something. Because while he can't do
1: much with his ability, he certainly is charming and can talk his way into doing whatever he wants.
0: Which, if if I can branch off of that briefly, going back to what you said, I mean... Yeah, Nathan recovers because of Peter's intervention along with Adam Monroe's healing blood. And what kind of position does that leave Nathan in, guilt-wise, to think that one of the reasons why Peter was even so vulnerable to this psycho was because he dangled the fact that he could heal his brother in front of him. Mm -hmm. That was a big part in why Peter joined up with the cause of Adam Monroe, yep. which I mean, shit. If you look at someone like Adam, you look at someone like Elle, there's more people who have mental instability because of what these powers enable them to do in terms of like breaking the rules, breaking social mores, living lives that are unconventional. There's a lot more of that than there is people who are pretty normal, at least from what we've seen. Yes. And people with really dangerous abilities or, yeah, just people who are excellent manipulators who can find the people who have dangerous abilities and inspire them.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to add, especially to this.
0: Yeah, I know. Or any other plot points
1: for, like, Nathan that I'm, like, forgetting. What happens to Nathan (sighs) in Volume 3?
0: That's what I'm trying to think of.
1: Volume 3 is, like, daddy issues.
0: Isn't it like Volume
1: like, three is daddy comes and rears his freaking ugly head again.
0: Okay, okay, alright. Isn't volume three where he finds out that he was genetically altered to have an ability before he was even born? Yes. So again, he didn't ask for this times two and He
1: finds out that he and Tracy both
0: Yeah. Were he and Tracy on. both were experimented upon, and that's probably why they have the abilities that they have. They wouldn't have otherwise and that makes him really bitter but yeah i don't know i mean i'm trying to think yeah right let's happens. let's think let's talk it
1: out for a second because we can yeah cut some of it
0: yeah i know All i'm right. gonna i'm gonna open the wiki right now because i'm just gonna go whole hog so
1: season two nathan lives after mm-hmm. the gunshot because so okay. i think it was like he's dead and then he like suddenly wakes up right he fucking pulls almost like a Peter there
0: he has a very brief religious like thing too yes I remember and... I remember God fearing Nathan. That's the thing I remember.
1: Yes. And I think he meets up with Tracy then.
0: <sighs> I'm looking Because he saves
1: her because she was going to jump off a bridge. Yes. And he saves her. I think they had met up briefly before that and he ended up following her or something. Uh, yeah. Let me look on the wiki as well.
0: Oh, shit. Nathan used to hallucinate Linderman. Remember that?
1: Did he? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, because he did come back for that, didn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah. McDowell came back for that. I do remember that now.
1: It's funny the shit you forget, man.
0: Oh my god, dude. Season 3 is going to be such a trip for us. Like, I'm just looking at Matt staring at the fucking, like, paintings from the, from What's-His-Face, and I'm just like, oh god, yeah, we got a lot coming our way. I'm just trying to find all the Nathan shit now.
1: (laughs) I'm just going to look at Nathan's wiki page all by himself. Let's see.
0: Ooh, yeah, that's that's a smart way to do it, isn't
1: it? <laughs> I, I like the little summary. Nathan has a decidedly anti-hero streak, which exacerbates his complex relationship with his brother, Peter Petrelli.
0: Okay, I have... If you go on the Heroes Wiki, you can just look at... It it'll do, like, an episode-by-episode.
1: Episode. Well, I, It's got a pretty good one here on this wiki, too. I'm okay, cool. i just scrolling through, through the story. Oh, because the, cause remember in Season 1, which we haven't even gotten to yet, that <laughs> Linderman is also like, you know, Nathan, I'm gonna lay out this whole fucking plan, where we're gonna kill point seven. Point zero seven percent of the population.
0: Yeah, he's gonna do an Azamandius from Watchmen. Like that's literally and his plan. He
1: thinks he gets Nathan on board, and he basically sure. does. He's like, you know, you're just gonna fly out of New York with your family before it explodes. No big deal.
0: Yes, yes. And then he doesn't. Yeah,
1: and then he's like, "Eh, yep. thick. I gotta go back and save my brother." Or, because know, he's I can't it's, do because this. It's about
0: it's about Peter, man. It's just about. The family connection. He wouldn't have done that if it was any other schmo about to blow up.
1: Oh, because, yeah, they th- he doesn't realize it's Peter. He thinks it's, like, uh, Ted that's going to be the one that's going to explode.
0: Yeah, and then they think it's Siler, and it's, like, a whole thing.
1: I'm the hero. Uh. Jesus. <laughs>
0: Don't start me. Um.
1: Okay, Generations of and... radiation poisoning. Alcohol. Oh, yeah, because that's right. He was an alcoholic for a little bit in season
0: yeah. two. Yeah, yep. He really has a dark storyline, man. And, yeah, yeah, he
1: thinks Peter's dead.
0: Yeah, right here. uh, Later, Nathan's still in his room when Future Peter, still under the guise of present Peter, teleports into the room. Nathan tells him about Tracy's offer and wonders if he can handle the job. Future Peter drops his disguise and tells Nathan about the future and how evolved humans are hunted, all because Nathan told the world about his power. And that is why Future Peter shot him to stop him from revealing his power. Like, Mm -hmm. everything's always all your fault, Nate. (laughs) It's it's unfortunate. He's absolutely damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Yeah, I'm
1: seeing the Tracy stuff because he meets up with her, because she's the one that's like, hey, you want to be a senator,
0: bro? He's like, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Oh my god, and then fucking Lizard Mohinder does his shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> makes me laugh. I love it. <laughs> Nathan and Tracy prepare to face off against Mohinder. He explains to him that since their abilities are synthetic, they could both be beneficial to his research. When neither party agrees to Suresh's plea, he suddenly snatches Maya from her cocoon and retreats by using his strength and agility to crash through the skylight of his loft and escape.
0: That's all, that all really happens.
1: Bewildered, Nathan and Tracy begin to free Suresh's other cocoon victims when they are interrupted oh by God. Noah Bennett and his new partner, Nathan's ex-girlfriend, Meredith Gordon. Oh upon oh. glancing at Tracy, Meredith comments that he still has a thing for blondes
0: oh my god, villains, you're just you're something else, man alright and then the stuff with in Haiti, remember the stuff in Haiti? yeah mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> when Arthur tells Nathan to hug him, Nathan cautiously keeps his distance
1: <laughs> oh man
0: oh, good decision, bro <laughs> Yeah, like, oh. mm,
1: no thanks. I'm not much of a hugger, at least with you, Dad.
0: Peter's like, I love hugs. <laughs> fucking Olaf, son over here. Jesus. Oh,
1: because yeah, fucking Peter fucking.
0: <laughs> he does it, yes! Because <laughs> he's a dumb. Oh. Alright. Um.
1: They destroy Mohander's lab. Uh, and research and burn Pinehurst down. Peter injects himself with the formula in order to escape and save both their lives. Nathan discusses with his brother tells Peter he wouldn't have done the same for him and leaves.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Oh, Nathan is quite the journey. But he's still, like, I think our point is (laughs) through all the thick and thin and the bullshit that this has been in Nathan since the beginning of season one, that powers are nothing but trouble. Mm -hmm. And maybe some of his choices about you know, where he leans toward for his alliances, aren't the best. He has not made the best decisions since season one. He's just fucking sick of, like, every time he tries to get his life back together, Nathan, not- Peter has to stick his fucking head in and, like, cause trouble.
0: Yep. Should've let you just fucking
1: explode in New York, dude.
0: Yeah, and I mean, he's seen so many dangerous people at this point, you know? Like, you look at- yeah, he's, you know- hasn't really seen Siler. They don't really meet for a while. But, um, he's certainly seen people like his father and people like, uh, the stuff in Haiti is important. Mm -hmm. Because you look at someone like, uh, like Baron Sumdi, who fucking is using his ability for just awful, awful things. And it's just, yeah, he just, he sees... That, yeah, there are definitely good things that people can do with these abilities, but damn if they can't also make a lot of really bad des- uh, bad decisions and dangerous choices, too. And it's not even just the ones who make those
1: dangerous choices, it's people like Tracy who accidentally kill people.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so it's
1: better just to take them all than just pick and choose. Because the company is. tried that and they fucking failed.
0: They fucking failed and Pinehurst failed. And so it's like... The thing is, we'll never really know what was to have happened with that plane full of people because we never got to see it happen, you know mm mm-hmm. Yeah. would they just have been thrown away without the key? Would they have experimented and tried to to, to cure them and release them? That's the next men thing if so um i I don't know it, it's it's interesting because it's like well we we will never know because that's not how it goes down. But it definitely I, I'm sure to a lot of people just seem like, oh, why why is why is Nathan the villain now? Why is he turning against his friends? These people aren't his friends.
1: And I, I think we do see in uh volume four that Nathan isn't doesn't want to like hurt them ultimately. Because Danko sure the fuck does.
0: <laughs> oh, Danko sure the fuck do because he can't wait to line himself up with someone like Siler who will happily give him a body count. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, That's just really all I could think of when I was watching this episode in particular. But then other episodes we've seen in the past, too, where he's just said little things where you're just like, yeah, of course he's going to go on this path. And when you widen the frame to show all the stuff we talked about, I mean, it makes perfect sense.
1: And like you said, it is something that we saw uh, not only at the time. Of when uh, Volume 4 was airing. But now when people are watching it again, people are like, what's up with Nathan? It's so out of character. And it's like, you're binging it. Don't you realize Nathan's always been this kind of a person?
0: And I will fully give them the benefit of the doubt to a degree wherein... I I would say villains doesn't have like some of the best characterizations for the characters on the show. Uh, they do kind of go on several ping pong little journeys all over the place, but as much as possible, especially at the end, I feel like they really started to nail it down again. Um, yeah, I I feel like mostly it makes sense and definitely with Nathan, I feel like when you look at everything he goes through and geez, he really does go through a lot. It doesn't surprise me at all that he would end up doing this because yeah. They're dangerous and maybe he can help his brother and also, you know, try to prevent so-called innocent, normal people from getting hurt. Because, you know, they'll, they'll make reference to things in volume four about, again, like you were saying, people who uh, don't know how to control their power or have dangerous powers just on the complete surface of it. They talk about uh, a kid who can take the oxygen out of a room. Remember that? Um, yes. It was like this teenager, I think. Yes. He sucks the oxygen out of a room at school and like, he could potentially like kill his classmates and his teacher and everything and not even mean to. And he sees someone Mm -hmm. like, like a Luke Campbell, you know, who has a very dangerous power and could go many ways. And he certainly chooses a certain path because of the people he meets and his circumstances, but yeah, you're seeing a lot of characters who just, nobody needs to be able to do that, you know? I I could see it. I could see his argument of why would someone need to be able to do that? The only way you would need to have people who can do these incredible things is because you need to stop other people who can do incredible things, and if nobody can do it, then it shouldn't be a problem anymore, right? But yeah, I guess that's just a little bit Of my thoughts on the whole Nathan characterization controversy. Didn't you have one more thing to talk about? Oh, it's funny that you mentioned Meredith Gordon. Because I was going (laughs) to mention her too. Just the thing you said in the main episode about how fire can't kill a fire And I wanted to go, oh, really? (laughs) It can't? Is that true? Did they stick with that?
1: Oh, man. But, like, wasn't there something going on at the time as well? And I don't think... It was like... Wasn't it like she was fucking doomed anyway?
0: Oh god, yeah. Like silent like... left
1: them in there with like poisonous gas, and it was like they're fucked either way.
0: Yeah, and like she
1: was especially fucked, like wounded or something. I believe
0: it was something like that, but it still shouldn't have killed her. I don't know, like yeah.
1: Know. She, maybe she, maybe she didn't die. Well, she did have a whole building fall on top of her, which I would imagine that'll do it. Is
0: <laughs>
1: not quite the
0: same as a house. Yeah. So, thank you for listening to Painting the future, future, future. A potential Eclipse to Heroes podcast, sister show, after show, spoiler fest, rant fest. All I don't of the know. above. Yeah, all of the above. Anyway, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you over on the main show, where we're in our regular continuity, and, you know, in the middle of season one still. So, yeah. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. <laughs>